0: my career had positioned me to solve a problem. Um, that I was a black woman, I understood the corporate experience and what I had navigated, I understood some of the roadblocks, but I had been building teams for almost, at that point, 17 years. And so um, my concern was with black women hiring me to do this for them, like would they think it was doable? Um, and so we'll talk about probably later on, but part of what I also set out to do was be a model for it.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. My name is Lamar Tyler. I'm your host. And today I'm here with my very good friend, uh, TSP Mastermind fam, Joy Pittman. She is the CEO of HR for the Culture. And today we want to talk about how you can build better teams, right? You get better teams, you get more productivity, you get more done towards the mission, right? You can build something more sustainable and you can do it without the stress, less stress, less birth, Less. what else? Give me one more thing. I like things in three. More profits, right? We've got to do less. It's like, I mean, less this, less this, less that, and then more profit.
0: Trust, less burden, less time. Take less less time.
1: time. Less. That's good, because then you leverage in time. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. So um, tell people a little bit about you, right? What is HR for the culture?
0: It is an HR consulting firm that specializes in supporting Black-owned businesses predominantly and helping them to build teams they need to serve better, to do more, and to be more profitable. Uh, so we were founded in 2020. We've served over 100 Black-owned businesses, which I'm uber excited about. We were leveraging a little bit into moving into supporting larger faith-based organizations um, and nonprofit organizations, but the goal really is to um, help shorten the runway that businesses go through in trying to get to the bag um, and solopreneuring and doing things on their own. So by building the right team, with the right people at the right time, you can really exponentially grow um, do it faster and actually earn.
1: So you talked about in that piece right there, doing things on their own. Is that a problem with small businesses that you see?
0: Yeah. So and um, many like backstory. When I decided to start HR for the culture, actually, um, I actually when I started to go into entrepreneurship, I was not doing HR work. I was down of HR, and I wanted to actually start an e-commerce brand, which people that just sounds great. <laughs> Doggy clothing line, right? But what ended up happening was I um had always been able to learn industry through HR because then you get in HR, you learn kind of nuts and bolts. So every industry I wanted to learn about, HR always been kind of like my way of getting into different industries So I was like, okay, I'll come over and serve product-based businesses and learn their stuff through the inside. Um once I got in and started researching around what that trajectory would look like for me to be a black woman business owner. I didn't come from entrepreneurs, um I didn't I wasn't surrounded by people that were running successful businesses. And so I started doing the research and it was showing a lot of the numbers around Black women-owned businesses, like that $24,000 a year. Um, And I started trying to research why, like what is behind that? So when you get past like racial inequality, you know, funding, like all that stuff, one of the things that came up is that um, Black folks, specifically Black women, hire less frequently than everybody else. Like we stay solopreneurs in our businesses way too long. Um, And so when you start looking at like the average business only has a five-year runway, most people run out of money before they even get to any bag. Like, you just tweet right. your assets and deplete all your stuff. And that black women were leaving, like, six-figure corporate jobs to go make $24,000 a year so solopreneurs and just didn't make sense. And so the one thing I knew I... You mean these people
1: like, are making only $24,000 a year in their businesses? Instagram said. Instagram said, all you got to do is get L's. Yeah. I, I, I ain't say that, though. Go ahead, though. No. You're not doing
0: that. Um, and so what I realized was that I had, my career had positioned me to solve a problem um that i was a black woman and i understood the corporate experience and what i had navigated i understood some of the roadblocks but i had been building team for almost at that point 17 years and so um, my concern was with black women hire me to do this for them like would they think it was doable um and so we'll talk about probably later on but part of what i also set out to do was be a model for it so our business was really we built team to get to our numbers right and that was kind of like what we did internally so I could tell black women, I'm not just telling you a theme that I did over there, but I also know what it is to actually do this as the bootstrapper, as a person trying to build their business out.
1: If you did that, um, you think that's drastically different than how most uh, black women or black folks at home businesses operate?
0: Yeah, I think that most of us don't go into businesses to build a business. We're going into business to escape nine to five. Like We're using business as an escape from, as opposed to a run-two right? And so I hate my job. Uh, I got laid off. Something happened and now I got to figure out how to make enough money to get by. And so we kind of go into hustle mode. And then one day you're like, oh, maybe this could be bigger. And then you start trying to piecemeal things together, but you're still treating the business money like your paycheck. Um, and I think the one thing that we got right, I got a lot of things wrong on this journey. think one thing I got right was from the beginning, I was not trying to be a sole entrepreneur. Like I knew that in my mind. I did not want to be my old boss as a team of me. Um, and so, and also walking in with saying, this is a model that could work. I think it just made me more intentional about team. And so like our first contract, I immediately was like, this is what I need to pay rent. This is what I need to whatever. And the rest of that money went back into the business. Um, I do think sometimes we get that first bag and we go buy a bag or we go buy things or start trying to elevate our personal lives as opposed to thinking, if I can live lean for six months on this contract, what can I afford myself as far as buying my time back through other people's skills or even buying technology, whatever it is, how do I buy that back so I can scale it faster? We normally wait till we're drowning. And now I'm like, let me go take swim lessons. Make me drowning. So at this point it's gonna cost you more, right? You don't really have a runway. You don't have margin for error and now you're scrambling. To make this thing keep working, which if you had been the front of the beginning, you might just have been able to transition better.
1: That's good, right? It, it, it reminds me as you say that about um, fighting that urge. Um, you know, you, you say me like when I speak in our comments, I talk about, you know, it's a half bucket and a hope button and all these, all these things people say, well, I deserve to have it and all these things I hope for, but it's like all the wrong things, right? I deserve to have the car, I deserve to have the house, I deserve to have the clothes, and everybody in the world is going to gas you up. And be like, yeah, girl, yeah, my man, you know, you 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 know, you worked hard, you deserve it. But all these things we hope for, right? A bigger business, a team for the business. How yeah. you know, I I hope I can have benefits to offer them one day. All these things that we say we hope for, nobody's gassing you up to be like, Yeah, build that, build that team. You know, you deserve to have about ten, fifteen, twenty people in there, right? Nobody gassing you up to say, Hey, you know, like get that building <laughs> for it. Um But it's like I think we shift priorities, like we kinda of looking in the wrong place a lot of times.
0: And we we gas each other up away from the thing, right? So you talk about hiring like, people are trash, right? But like that's you get all that energy. You say go buy a Gucci bag, or you just it's it's five thousand. You spending five. I've spent money on this stuff in in different mindsets. And You spent four thousand dollars on a bag,
1: but you won't spend five hundred dollars. And I and I love that, right? Because when I talk about it, what people don't realize is like the bag ain't gonna get you the team but the team can help you get the bag. It's like all like a shift in priorities. And not to say whether the bag's important or not, but it's like if you put the priorities over here, that's going to help you create and benefit and create more so you have whatever bag you want, as many bags as you want down the line. And, and I, you know, you talked about that reinvestment part. I was recently thinking like one of the things that was most important in our home journey was that. It was that we didn't pull and cash wrap the business by taking out everything that we brought in, you know what I'm saying like we lived even when the business gonna grow, we lived the same lifestyle. we did the same things like like we didn't really shift and change a lot. but what we're seeing now is the fruits of that redevelopment and putting that back in and over time, right like what that looks like because the business was able to breathe the business was able to hire more people, the business was able to have sustainable cash flow. the business was able to take a hit from the pandemic and keep moving and do all of those things right and sometimes scale and and be able to um pay for the ideas, right? I have as the visionary leader of it, like we have the Cash Capital to go after those things that we, that we want to go after. I love it. I love it. So, all right, so you're growing, you start out with a team. What for you were challenges, if any, that you face when building your own team? Because up to this time, you've helped build teams inside of corporate. Is it different? Build teams inside of corporate different from building your own team? Because it might be the same. No, I was having... the other, Somebody the other day and I was like, yep, all of a sudden my resume, nice
0: to have. Not why you should listen to me. Because <laughs> Remember all that stuff, education, degrees, all that stuff. It was theoretical. It gave me like contextual knowledge for whatever. That I walked into organizations that had billions of dollars. Like I worked in small organizations, but toward the end of my career, I worked at large organizations. And so the cash flow part wasn't the issue. It was how do we continue to just keep making money. And they already had systems. I walked in and some of those organizations walked into Things that were already in motion, and it was just how to keep it moving. But there were certain momentums that already had. They were talking about my pivots and reorgs. But they're like, yeah, we have a, you know, two million dollar budget. But you know, like these budgets are very different. Um, so the biggest mind shift was, how you do this for no money? Like I, I came, I didn't, I wasn't out the garbage can. It wasn't that bad. But you know, I came out with not a lot of surplus. I had a couple of months of expenses saved up. So it's like, how do I do this? And that's, I think, the thing that shifted is that well, I had to get off my soapbox of what people should be doing and understand, like, these are people's
1: real... He's like, oh, this. different. <laughs> Y'all should be doing the yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> three-month analysis of who... you was know, like, oh. And it literally
0: <laughs> changed, um, even over time, um, from when we started to now, it changed for me, like, what the strategies needed to really look like, right? Because it went from this recruiting method of y'all need to hire, y'all need to hire, y'all need to hire from this, like, why y'all ain't hiring place of like, kind of like judgment, like why y'all moving so slow to, oh, you moving slow because we're trying to figure out how many widgets to, we got to sell to get that person. So it did make me even like realign the focus on building profitable team and identifying who are the key roles that you need to be hiring at what point in your business. Mm-hmm. It took me away from the idea that they were these cookie cutter, you know, we talk about these everybody needs a this. Like, no, I don't need that. Like, what's the assessment around um, what you actually need based on your revenue goals? Like, what are you looking to earn this year? What are the actual requirements? What do you need to physically do? What are you selling to earn that? And then what do you need to make those sales? Like reverse engineering it and not just coming in with, here's this sample org chart of every organization I've been in, you need two of those and one of those. It just doesn't work. So that the biggest difference uh, was revenue. And I also think there was there was a big mindset difference in that, um, and this goes back to like what my experience was in corporate and that most of the black women and black people that I work with um, in corporate, even that were higher performers, never actually got visibility at the organizational development level. So even as directors or VPs, depending on the organization you were in and what that structure looked like, the people that were getting people into rooms or working on those special projects, Those folks really until like George Floyd, a lot of that stuff started shifting where people were forced to be more mindful of like diversity, and equity in organizations, but they were not getting those visibility projects. So what I also realized is that we were leaving jobs very clear on how to do the work, but not on actually how to run a business. And some of the fortune that I had for the HR space was that I got moved into doing organizational design work and development work. So the HR iceberg that everybody sees is job description, recruiting, placement. But at the organizational design and development level, they're actually sitting with their projections of what we're looking to do this year, next year. And they're actually plotting what roles, what are the industry movements? Is this job going to be obsolete? Do we need to train people? Do we need to be bringing people in? So it was a very different design model than what we normally see. The disconnect I had was getting people to understand that that was a thought level that they should be thinking about and not just responding to this immediate pain point of I got all these emails and I need a VA. Like
1: those But but that's but that's real too though, right? Because yeah. when they're doing all the things, <laughs> unlike the corporation where it's like a department for this department for that is a marketing, for that small business owner it is the marketing department. They to fill in the fulfillment department, they to, you know, run to the P.O. box and throw these, you know, me and Ronnie do DVDs in the back of the minivan right? And had to, you know, get all them there so that we could get the car seats back in by the time school pickup was there. Like like managing all those things, how do entrepreneurs that are watching us get out of panic mode?
0: So one, um, I will say the first thing is, and I can't, I'll be remiss when I say it, you have to put yourself around people who are also doing this stuff so you get to normalize what it is. I think the worst thing that we do, not only in not hiring, is that we don't, that not hiring part is indicative of the idea that we kind of burrow in and want to solo and come out superstars. Like, I just went and I went in the cold in the cove and came out. It's like, no, find other people that are doing things that are ahead of you so that the things that feel so crazy almost start to get normalized. And the oh, this is part of the journey. So you're not panicking when you don't have to. Uh, one of the best things, even in being in the community, was you know, the first time my ads didn't bring in billions, of, you know, you put an ad up and 8 million people didn't sign up. And you come back and watch people say, yeah, I put up these ads and I got this many things and this is what. Like it gave you some better context for what success looked like as um a sprint and not like this, you know, this thing is like these sprints of movement. So that was a that's the first thing you can do. The second thing is I actually believe that pain or discomfort um, are symptoms. and you you can experience the symptoms, but you have to like hold yourself a little bit to say, why am I experiencing this?" and do a little bit of a deeper dive because you'll just continue to chase symptoms in your business and you'll spend a lot of money hiring and chasing and buying a new piece of technology and joining a new community, all this stuff, because you're chasing outbreaks of different symptoms as opposed to stopping and saying, diagnosing what is happening. That inbox of emails is an indicator of something else.
1: If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur, a black business owner, and you don't know where to go, if you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to that gets how you feel or gets the pressures of being a business owner in today's climate, guess what we do? I want to introduce you to the Traffic Sales and Profit Mastermind. Now in the TSP Mastermind, we have a 12-month program that's going to help you reach your next 6, 7 or 8 figures in business over the course of a year. Now, along that year, we have one-on-one coaching, we have accountability, we have community, we have live events, and everything you need in order to reach the next level. For more information, visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com.
0: So, don't just hire somebody to go through the emails, especially if there ain't no money in them emails. You don't care about the emails if there ain't no real money in them emails. But what is that saying? Is it that you don't have good time management? Are you doing way too many things in the business? Are you spending hours on a thing that you're not good at? And that time would be better served if you could hire somebody at least that could, that's within you seven hours to do it in two. Just hire for two hours, get your seven hours back and do something else. So, identifying what the actual issue is, it just takes a moment like calm down and say, okay, let me not chase these symptoms. What is the actual issue? and how to address a real problem.
1: Okay, so next I want to ask you, what are some common mistakes that you see business owners make? Um, Besides, like we talked about, hey, I'm in panic mode. I need somebody to help these emails and help ship the stuff out. Like what what are like two or three often common mistakes that they make that, you know, impacts them in a negative way?
0: Um, So one one is not engaging experts on area. Oftentimes we are a value community, but we're not looking for the experts in a thing in a community. We're just kind of, open asking, hey, is anybody ever? And when you say that, you can get a whole bunch of responses. So one of the things that, I mean, actually, they have research around it that people don't invest in experts earlier enough in their businesses to make informed decisions. So seems like the experts are going to be expensive, but it's actually more expensive to make the mistake for months and years down the line before you get to the experts. So that's number one. Um, number two, and I've been guilty, this is not executing fast enough. Um, I didn't laugh. One of the things, especially for, and I'm not, again, like my community is generally Black women. We are perfectionists on paper. Like we are paper perfectionists. So we will rewrite it. We will have it organized, outlined, color-coded. We've shared it. We've not executed And one of the things I learned this year is that I've gotten the most clarity I've ever gotten um, in business in the things that I just did. Mm -hmm. Because the doing actually helps you refine what it is, you get lessons away from it, you build confidence around it. You also know what not to do again, which is a big part of clarity.
1: That's it, clarity comes by doing yeah. That's, I mean, that's how you, it ain't, you can try to figure it out on paper as much as you want, but all that means nothing when that paper hit the real world. Yep. And that's the only time you really find out like what the real deal is. That's yeah.
0: good. And connected to that is missing opportunities. That sometimes while we're fighting. So sometimes we're sitting around, um, Scheduling this stuff so far away, uh, not following up on the thing. That's like something is immediate. You got an idea right now, the iron is hot. You go back to number two and start trying to perfect it and make it all whatever. And by the time you launch it, nobody's even thinking about that thing no more. So there's just moments where there are where opportunities present themselves. Something may come up in your industry. Something may be happening where it's a hot topic in your industry, in your in your space. And you, rather than maximize it and say, I'm gonna figure it out as I go through it, which I think sometimes we doubt in ourselves, is that you stop and trying to build a whole program around it by the time you trying to do it. It's not even a buzz no more the way it's talking about like the opportunity is missed and even missed opportunities in our relationships. Like I realized how many times we just don't ask. I was talking about this earlier with a friend, like we don't ask for help. We don't ask for the support that we need. And we spend so much time trying to spiral out and figure things out. And by the time we come and ask for help, we've now run out of resources, out of time out of patience you know all those things or we're asking for help at the point that we need people to save us and like salvage us out of bad decisions as opposed to help in the front right where people can kind of give us guidance to show us
1: but let me let me ask you this i know you said you know you faced at least mm-hmm. one if not you know dabbling in all three um you still were successful in your business right um you grew your business to um six figures right over 100,000 how long six months right i'm glad to i'm gonna say nine months i would add I'm check an extra three on there for the night. There's no extra quarter. So I'm living life, enjoying that. I was about to make it the quarter long had to be. So growing that um, in six months, right, to six figures, uh, which is a great accomplishment, right, because many businesses don't ever get there. So that's one. Now you're on track for a seven-figure year. And which year business is for you?
0: Uh, we'll be, it'll be three and a half at the, in December.
1: Three and a half. What's the biggest lessons you learned to get to six quickly and then to get to seven quickly? Um,
0: so six was community. Six was, um, I think if I had floundered out here trying to figure it out first, I would have been on year seven to eight trying to figure it out. So I think I invested before I wore myself out. Like I invested early and took a little bit of a risk. Like there was a little bit of bet on joy that did happen in that process to say like, I want to join community. I want to jump in early and figure out what I don't know. So
1: there was that piece. Um, I think- to- And the community being Tisby Massimo. Oh. I mean, you said that it was like unsaid, but I was like, I won't bring it up. Since you brought it up, you know. I would
0: add that, like, I didn't just join community for popularity's sake. That's good. I went somewhere, and I remember being on. I was virtual, and I remember being on, um, the screen. And when I saw the results that people were getting, like the people that were walking across the stage, I googled some of the folks while I was looking to see, like, oh, really? Actors, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's also a peer the yeah. brands that came up I had been familiar with from other people who had bought their things, like I was familiar I mean, so I think in that one my mind said to me, I did say in that moment, if ten of these people can do it, because it wasn't just a one-all. Like if this many 10, 15, 20 people can do this, I can do this too. Um, and I jumped in. The other thing that I will say is that I am I do have ego. I do have like pride. I pride myself sometimes in being like smart. And studios i had to be willing to put all of that aside so i will tell people like i got off some of them calls and cried i was like did i make the right decision i don't feel smart here um, it took me a while to get my rhythm um some of my posts were about randomness but i just kept posting and showing up so i think there was something to the fact that like i had made this investment now um, i went all in the front and so now i got pride and ego but i also have
1: and all in front, man, you paid up Yeah, I paid front. up front in full. So let's break down a couple pieces of this, right? Because this is good. I think a lot of times, because uh, if I run the program, I see a lot of mm-hmm. different stuff. I think a lot of times people pay monthly to give themselves an out, mm-hmm. right? So you said, hey, I'm paying all up front. So people literally had the money. It's like some people can't do it. People literally had the money pay up front, they like, I'm just going to kind of see how it is. You paid all up front. What was that? To that, Was that to put the pressure on yourself? Was it? Yeah, like, what would you think it was, about it? it? Was
0: So there was a it was a middle piece. It was like, yeah. I got it now and I don't know what's going to happen.
1: In that part, too. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But a lot of people, even with that, still don't bet on themselves like that.
0: So I did that. Um, it was to put pressure on me because I, I do work better under pressure and on, like, deadline. And it was also um, to commit to myself because I know from past experiences, I know certain numbers ain't going to bother me. So that, like, this a month here and there. I didn't plan on flailing out or breaking the contract, but it was more so I felt like Showing that up. number would give me permission to just do a little bit more than that number per month and just balance out the middle. I get, and I also, I think it was important, that number to me, I gave away my cushion. So that number was my, I got so many months of runway before I got to really stress myself out. So I gave away my permission the wrong to be chill. Gave away the wrong I gave away my <laughs> runway. And so at that point, it was, I did say, if this do not work, I'm going to I have to go back and get a job. Like, we, we get, we're going to have to find a job. And I, I was confident that I could go back and find something that would, I was going to have to eat out the trash can, right? But I gave away my runway, and I think that would change it. So no matter how much I didn't execute, there were things that I should have done faster and more of. I didn't have the ability, and especially in the first six months, I had given away my six months, <laughs> a runway. And so we had to do something with it. I remember that first month I joined in June. I think July we had like a 5K month, and I had not made 5K. I had done other little tinkery things at the top of the year, but that 5K month had nothing to do with A stuff. I think I was in my some t-shirt.
1: T-shirt. It's some t-shirt, doggy shirts. Oh, I was at Oh, don't was that look? you just get me. <laughs> <laughs> of the t-shirts. I
0: had um, started a little 97 dollars membership. People would like, I just was like, I have to make this back. So it just turned on selling because I, at that point, I was just out here talking to people and not making offers. I wasn't required oh, to pay me. So at the point that I had paid somebody else, that's good. and that was a, a big piece. So it was the giving up of my runway. Um, and what that didn't signify was like, I'm not finna be
1: outside. So what are we gonna do? You said something else I'm gonna go I want to ask about. Because you said, hey, in those first couple months, I was in a group and it was times when I didn't feel smart. Um, what was that about? And I know that probably was different because I know like, like we attract a lot of smart people, right? Right. So you're used to being probably the person that everybody come to for all the answers and know all the things. Uh, what was that moment?
0: So one, I spent a lot of time both educationally and professionally amongst my peers. So I was in industry, like I was in an industry that I knew I spent a lot of time.
1: You had familiarity.
0: Yeah, I was familiar. I was comfortable there. Um, I was a young leader, so I, w- I had youth on my side, I guess, in my mind. I always have been in leadership from a younger, So I was used to being smart um, and being seen as smart and being a resource and answering questions, but also, like, knowing stuff. So now I'm in this community where the thing I know, I mean, people can use it, but this is not what the community is focused on. And there was so much movement, and there were people younger than me
1: so, the whole young thing was gone. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. We
0: were like, Y'all, everything that I had said, and it was like, you know, even sometimes being tokenized, like being the black girl. There's a. Everybody black. Yeah, you you <laughs> walk in there. Everybody black. All the men. There's 10 year olds in here making, you know. I, I, I. Gabby out here, 16 by the sixth grade. Great. So, it took away all of the. I didn't, it didn't make me feel not special. It's just I banked so much on being smart. Here's the thing that was the benefit in that. When smart got removed, I had to figure out what else I was. So, like, you're not just smart, what else? And I figured out, like, oh, I can build community. I'm a likable person. Like, all, it made me tap into other things because I wrote I smart.
1: But that, that's what we talk about, right? Growth mindset versus fixed yeah. mindset, right? Like, that's that fixed mindset piece. Um, You know, they talk about, hey, like, you're smart. Hey, you know, you this, you that. Um, So it sounds like you kind of really had to lean into that growth mindset piece of, hey, you know what? I got to develop these things I don't have developed. Um, I'm not the youngest <laughs> anymore. I'm not like all these different things. And and even that's good that that happened at that time. Because I can tell you from real life, they get stripped away at some point anyway. You know, you know, Ronnie is very, my wife, you don't know. Ronnie's very clear to me all the time. Let me know. Hey, Lamar, you're not the youngest no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I, we met, I still was like the youngest at work. I was like, the youngest doing this. Youngest, she like reminds me like every week. Uh, dude. <laughs> you ain't that young cat no more, right? Um but but like I say, you got all those things stripped away and it, it sounds like it made you a better person.
0: It made me a better person. It made me um show up differently for myself and other people. It made me um think more about community. I don't I don't and and this is weird because this all happened in the pandemic. So community had gotten stripped away too in certain instances because people that you were used to being able to interact with they, that's right. So I had to learn then how to build community. When I couldn't ring somebody's doorbell like how do you build community in virtual space what parts of your personality are okay and again coming out of corporate spaces even figuring out what my personality was when I wasn't trying to show up appropriately all the time right so like there was so much happening in that like whirlwind of all those changes but it did say you just can't this ain't the bus that you can ride no more so like what else can you offer and then also the other piece that's important is sometimes when we're smart, we don't know how to package smart and be likable. So smart just come across like know-it-all and don't nobody want to work with you. And in the business space, the likabilityness that we are able to engage, taking smart and bringing it, because we're all smart about something. So how do you bring what you're smart about in a way to serve people and not just stand on your smart throne and be smart? Like, smart has to have value. It has to have benefit to people for it to even matter. So it just, it made me come out of the competitive modes that I had been in in career progress and actually shift into service. Like, I'm not competing with these people now. How do I serve them? Because we're not gonna be out here trying to do battles with who got the best idea, because everybody got a good idea. So it was a lot of transforming in a little bit of time.
1: The $100,000, six figures, was it easier than you thought, harder than you thought, or just more on par?
0: Looking back, it was, in the moment, it was hard. Looking back, I made it hard. Um, and it was more so, in that I had decided that rejection was inevitable. Like, I kept, I framed that people gotta say no. So, just sending out the proposal, like hitting send on a, on an email ain't that hard until you've convinced yourself that nobody's yeah. <laughs> the email or all the mental noise you sell yourself. So, um, again, ha- knowing rates of like, hey, people gotta see yourself seven times, like, you know, only X percent closure, like that stuff kind of acquired the mental noise. But I remember like the first proposal we did, I will never forget, We were, it was I was in the challenge um, at the time. So it was like, the, I joined
1: the community and then you went into the TSV Challenge, sales challenge, which, which is available, guess what guys, on the Convo, right? So you gotta make sure if you're listening to this that you also go to the theconvo.tv. You can download the app on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple or Android devices, like it's on the web at convo.tv. You can find this challenge that Joy's talking about. I'm sorry. That was a perfect chance for a promo. Listen,
0: so I joined the challenge and I'm like, okay, you got to build your offer.
1: You got to send this.
0: How can I help you email? Like it was all these things to do. And in the middle of that, I had um, somebody had reached out to me and I had to put this proposal together. And so I put the proposal together and I'm playing with these numbers. And um, I think I called my mom at the time and I ran the numbers by hot And I remember her saying, um, if you wanted to stay underpaid and undervalued, you should have stayed on your job. She was, she threw them numbers in the gong. Mm. Like if uh, uh, you stay on your nine to five. And I was like, Ahem. sure. So I put the numbers together, I I did it. And I had a friend in my house at the time and I could not hit send on the email. I crafted the whole email. I sent the computer to her and I went to the bathroom and go, she hit send, what are these games y'all been playing? I don't understand. I understand not understand the world y'all be living. It. I'm gonna hit send. So I went to that and I closed the door cause you know there's that 60 seconds where you could unsend the email. I was like, I don't trust. I didn't even know that. Existed. And I mean like, you're like 30 seconds, you can like unsend. Um, and it hits in an email and the person actually rejected um, the proposal. And I was like, that was, it? the funny thing was like, my heart didn't stop. I didn't stop breathing. The road didn't end. They said no. And I went back to what I was doing. We ended up working with the person later on because they went into another hiccup and reached back out to us. But it was just like, I think that, I think that first rejection was good because um, I survived it. I think if I just got an immediate quick yes, then the next rejection would have been hard because I would have been like overbuilt
1: up. Every, everything happens yeah,
0: it happened what it did. But yeah, that was the
1: and let me let me ask you about this the the sure. the road now from a hundred thousand to a million. What's been different in that because because i'm I'm assuming once you got two hundred thousand, you got a perspective of it. you mm-hmm. you like, okay, I could do that. I feel comfortable that I consistently could do this. What's it been like the journey from one hundred k to a million? It's gone has it been different?
0: It has been different and the same. So the sameness is you're gonna keep reaching new levels of comfort. You still gotta you you still gotta get uncomfortable again. Like you can't just be like I'm here because there's this next thing, right? So that was that's the same part. The different part is the stakes are higher. I, I think people feel like y'all got all this money, like it's so easy. Yeah, you know, when your payroll is twenty k a month, when you got people looking at you like when the no's have more attached to them than just you not being able to do something for yourself or your immediate family, the stakes are higher and your expenses get bigger. The things that you're launching out and doing is different. Um, you know, you launch a program and if stuff fizzle out, you still, you don't take people money for a year. You know, like it's different requirements on it. So I think, you know, looking back, um, it's getting easier because I'm getting more familiar with kind of the ebbs and flows of what these changes are but it's more pressure in that a misstep feels like a bigger like what is at stake is bigger and I realized that was the biggest difference like when you hear like so-and-so made eight million dollars a year and you're like yeah their payroll is full. you know like that's a big thing to carry Um, and especially when you start thinking about going into you navigated through COVID I was starting in COVID like now all the commentary about recession and you serve people who, like, you try to recession-proof them to make sure that you get, like, there's so many things to start thinking about and making sure that you can support people. But so there's that piece. The other part is the air has gotten very thin. Um, I have friends and family members who do not have context for what I'm doing and hear numbers and just hear numbers and make assumptions about what those numbers are. Um, my ability to have conversations with people has gotten very different. So people that I really hold dear. Um, I'm constantly working on so this is like personal stuff, trying not to make the men in my life not feel emasculated. I'm trying to make the, my, my female friends not feel less like you're constantly like trying to barter what this looks like. And you have this I'm um, again in a community where they get it and try not to abandon those other relationships because you got this new community of people that like you could be like, Who child? And they fully understand what that meant. Um so it's it's that has been some of the like the balancing and, um, and what these numbers mean in our community. Like, I think, and I, I, you understand what I'm saying? Like, in our community, because some of these things are not normal happenings, it's how do you then continue to show up in your everyday life once? How do you do you post it? You know, it's, it's good marketing material that you're going to hit this number, but also anybody in your timeline see Like, how do you leverage those? That has also been really difficult for me because um, I
1: value relationships really deeply. We. That's been a hard thing. You know, that that's interesting, though, because I think at some point I had to let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not my responsibility how people interpret me. And I don't explain it to other people. Now, I explain it to my team, right? right? Um, Because um, as we talk about projections and this is the goal, like, um owe it to them to have an understanding, like you said, that, hey, you know what? If, you know, the goal is $100 million, that don't mean you make $100 million, right. and That's what it look like and say payroll could be twenty million of a hundred million and like all these different things like that. But to the average observer online or to the family member, whoever whoever it may be, um, I don't care that burden. And I don't think you should.
0: I'm working on it. But <laughs> if I'm honest in this moment, that has that has come up for me yeah.
1: be, because I I think what it is too, right? As you grow into new levels, um and like I say I always talk about right, live is growing to levels where um we're growing beyond where people in our family have been, which is the goal. Like every goal is to be every generation goal was yeah. further than the generation before. Um, and right as you're growing beyond, you know, uh, friendships, people you grow up with, like all kinds of stuff that happens. Again, I think um, a lot of times as entrepreneurs that are successful, you start to take on that burden of feeling like you got to save everybody or feeling like you got to uh, explain stuff to everybody or feeling like, um you have to uh, dim your light if necessary or dim your achievements if necessary and all those certain things, right, that I know people are watching or going through. Oh, I'm just interested to come back to go deeper into this conversation.
0: And it's a thing that I'm aware of I should not. It's just I f- catch myself constantly, like, thinking about it and doing it. So that's the, like, the business hard stuff is is the business stuff, but I'm still a person doing this stuff, like, I'm still... A person in age of... Yeah.
1: Person behind me, Yeah, you're behind the resources. I get it. All right, all right. All right. So, all right, so this is good. This is good. All right. So, let's go back. Before we ramp, I want to give for the person that's watching and they say, you know what, this is good. I want to get to that, you know, six figure piece. I want to build it right by looking at it like I want to start with a team and not just, I'm out here in Solopreneurville and I'll be in that. I basically create a, a, a job inside of my own business that's going to keep me in there forever. Um, what did you say they should do? Like what are the first steps for them to start building an amazing team today, no matter what level they're at?
0: So what I will say is you can't hire people that you can't pay. And so one of the things early on that I think people should focus on in preparation for building teams is pricing. Is identifying in their price points, do you are you building it? Are we pricing like, I need my hair, my nails. Like, are we pricing just to take care of our needs? Are we pricing from a business perspective that says, if a if an admin was doing this, if I if I had to pay a marketer, if I had to do all these things right now today, right? What would some of those numbers look like? Now, I'm not saying inflate the numbers, sure, whatever, but start building in now, like margins to be able to buy the five hour block of time for somebody to bridge your funnel or whatever, and you'll keep moving from here. I think the biggest struggle that people have then is that once they realize they need team, the biggest thing is I can't afford it because you've been undercharging yeah. um, so, and we're undercharging because we're not charging um, intelligently. We're charging based on what I think somebody will pay. An emotion, yeah. Or an emotion as opposed to sitting down and doing the actual math. When I do the math on something, I'm more confident in the number because I know that I'm not just naturally about this guy. And I also know that I can't afford to do it for less than this number. So I'm making a
1: really informed decision and can i add one piece of that sure they also should not only be factoring in when they're doing that um the price for teams they should be factoring their own price so they can pay themselves
0: yep you are a team so i think exactly. i give you a quick nugget think about in order to do a service or to produce a product what are the different roles that have to happen and put a price on those roles right so you got a ceo sometimes but sometimes you look in the stamps like for whatever those things are, put numbers on those different roles. Call them apples, oranges, bananas, grapes, call them what you want. Put numbers on those roles and then say for me to do this, it would actually cost me in the real world this amount of money. And we do treat our labor like free labor. So think about like what number do you want to make? Now don't be like, I want to make a million dollars. Let's let's Right. But think about like if you were gonna pay yourself a sixty or seventy thousand dollar salary in your business, what do you need to lean into to get there? One of the biggest things I learned um, is that the goals you don't set, you don't reach. And so, if we're not actually intentionally setting number goals around, if I want to hire five people, this is what this looks like, and my companies look like this, you'll never aspire to that number. You'll just be glad that you made money. That's good. Right? And so, we don't just want to make money. We want to make the money we
1: need to, cool. to actually do the thing. All right. So, they price it out, they get it, and they like, they're good. What's something else they should
0: They should work. They should actually take some time to invest in uh, leadership, um, building, read a book, take an online class. Like you don't have to go out and pay for the highest thing in the world, but think about like identifying where your leadership gaps are and identifying what those gaps are because that's gonna help you build and then be really, really, really thoughtful about who do I actually need in this business to make money. That's good. Not to take work off my plate. Because you're gonna be working. You gonna work on the, you can go to the beach, but you're gonna work on the beach. Like what do I need to make money? One of the things that we did early on was when we got that first contract, I did not hire a secretary for myself. I brought in another H R consultant. That person charged me sixty five dollars an hour. They were not a cheap person, but they were able to take on a workload that allowed me to go get another contract, right? And so think about like if you're going to grow or or do more, what does it take for you to do more? Not be less busy, but what does it take for you to actually get get that next bag, get that next contract, the next thing? Because once you get two or three of those, then you can start focusing on like economies of scale. your Your first thing is the most expensive. Um, just because you got to pay all the stuff to get the first one out the door and begin with. Once you get that first one, don't stay with that first one. Think about how do you make this two or three? What do I need to do three of these? Right. So you can definitely deal with some scale on that
1: and just like keep building. All right. And give me one one more thing they can do. So we got our um, pricing together, right? They factored in the price for labor in themselves. Um, they are now, uh, Invest in leadership, right? They they reading books, they go into class, they come to conferences, um, they getting the information down. Um, like how do they actually figure out who to hire first?
0: So, quickest way is follow the money.
1: And you have a shirt with
0: It's following <laughs> the money. Right. So what has been helpful is um when we when I think about it, I think about like what is my revenue goal for the year? This is literally what I do on my business. So what is my revenue goal even for this quarter or whatever it is? in order to hit that revenue goal, right? And this is what um, Lamar has actually helped me do some of this. What activities do I need to be doing? So it's not all over the place. It's I need to launch, I need to launch this four times. I need to run eight challenges. I need to like, what is the thing that's going to get me? I need to sell 10 whatevers. what is it? And then who do I need for that to happen, right? I think sometimes we're hiring futuristically, like, or somebody says they had a project manager. You're like, oh, I need that. Like we just kind of like walk around in Walmart, like stacks up all the shelves. Look at your business, what drives your revenue, and then who are the people that you need to execute on revenue-driving activities? Revenue-generating activities, right? Not nice to have. So if the website ain't the revenue-driven activity, it can wait, right? So if you wanna make sure that you have those things together, but that's the best way. And to go back each quarter and say, did we do that? Did those people help us do it? How do we know? But it really is start with your money. What do you wanna earn? What activities are required to earn that amount of money? Um, and then who do I need to
1: execute on those activities? Perfect. All right. I know people got a lot of nuggets out of today's conversation. Um, they got some marching orders on where to start, and where to get going. Plus, they learned a lot about mindset and growth from your own personal journey. If they want to find out more information about you, if they want to become a part of your community, if they want to hire you for their services, how can they find you? Where should they go?
0: So the best way to find me is www.hrfortheculture.com. Everything is spelled with H-R-F-O-R, theculture.com. Um, we also are on social platforms under HR for the Culture. So you can look on Instagram, LinkedIn. If you type that in, you'll find us. And then we have a uh, Facebook community. that is an open open Facebook community called Build a Dope Team. with Joy Pittman. So You can also search that out and find us. The community is free. You come in, we give a lot of information out during the week. I mean, we have other opportunities from there, but the best way to kind of start is to find out there. Then we can move you through.
1: All right, so thanks so much. That was amazing. Hey, y'all, check this out. Make sure that you are taking action. Joy gave you actionable steps on you to get started building your teams. If you want to build it big, the only way to build it big is to build it with teams. And you got everything you needed to get going today. And then make sure you follow her. Make sure you join her community for more action, tidbits, and information. Because on this journey of building teams, developing yourself as a leader, you're going to need more information. And she's going to show you which way to go. All right. Again, we appreciate you. Thank you, fam. We'll see you next time, next week. Another episode of the Traffic, Sales, and Profit Show.
0: The Combo, your home for conversations on black entrepreneurship and wealth available on your favorite platforms.